Good evening. Welcome one more time to Bible Code 7, University of Spiritual Warfare. We are delighted to have you on board with us tonight. It is June 16, 2022, and we are so amazed. We're so excited about what the Lord is doing. Yes, the world is getting dark. Yes, things look like it's getting haywire. Yes, there are wars and rumors of wars and real people are dying. Bombs are going off. Threats are being made. Counter threats are being made. Yes, gasoline is high. Food is high. Things are going off kilter. Yes, all those things are happening. But Jesus warned us, he said, whenever you begin to see all these things, calamities and catastrophes come to pass, he said, then look up, because your redemption is close. And this is what we want to do. We want to look up with joy. We don't want to look up with a, a disgusting, sour face, fearful, angry. No. If you have any anger, do as the Bible tells us, and vent that anger towards the proud, towards the wicked. Now, tonight, we want to know that anyone who identifies with Jesus, you're in for some serious persecution. Are you ready for that persecution? Are you ready not only to be, na to, to be labeled and screamed at and ostracized, but are you ready to possibly be lunged at, physically attacked, well, I want you to be ready because, you see, there is a way that no one will come near you. If you are trampling upon your enemies, as the Bible says, then your enemy cannot trample all over you. That's what the Bible teaches me. And I teach you that in Bible Code 7, Spiritual Warfare. So we must learn the strategy of Code 7 Warfare. And we must put it into practice. And we must do so with understanding. The Bible says in all our getting, we must get understanding. So those who are identified with Jesus, the Christians, time is going to come, or the time is now, where you're going to have to show up. And you're going to have to show up because you'll be pushed in a corner. You'll be talked about. You'll be hearing people come and they scream and they shout and they curse Christians. You're going to have to stand up and say, well, hey, I'm a Christian. You might have to look at them and say, I defy you in the name of Jesus. I command you to stand down. Be silenced in the name of Jesus Christ. I plead fire and burning sulfur against you. I plead the blood of Jesus against you. There might be a time that is coming. You're going to have to stand up and use your authority that you have been given. Because there's a great advance of wickedness. And for the past uh, two, three weeks, the Lord has been leading me and showed me a scripture which I wrote about in my last book and the other book before. Book number four and five. Talk about the wicked and what, he was, what he's going to do with the wicked. And the Lord has taken those scriptures and put them at the forefront of my thoughts and told me, begin to teach on them because, you see, we don't understand God's methodology, God's hatred, God's anger at the wicked. And it tells us in the word of God, God is angry with the wicked every single day. And, it, and, and, and the Bible also tells us that the wicked are looking at the righteous people and looking to kill us. And most Christians, they just go about la-di-da-di-da-da, tiptoe through the tulips, as if everything is just fine, and they don't war. They believe everything is just good, and everything is just peaches and cream. And the only time they might even send up a prayer is when they uh, get their boat rocked a little bit. We must understand tonight that there is a real war going on. And the devil is after the people of God. So there is an advance in wickedness. And the wicked must be punished. The and, and I'm going to get to that scripture in a while. But the Bible tells us, Isaiah the 60th chapter, Darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness shall cover the people. 
What does that mean? It means that the prince of darkness will be doing his thing. Darkness refers to Satan and his evil, wicked works. And we must understand that he's going to do his thing. He's going to have a field day doing his thing because, you see, most of the world he has under his control. So you're going to see the wicked doing wicked err. You're going to see people who are not saved. They're just going to be walking out of their minds like they're invaded by the body snatchers. They're going to be walking around like zombies. <laughs> like living corpses. Like nobody's home. And this is what the Bible teaches us. Gross darkness is going to cover the people. Darkness is going to cover the earth. Are you ready to shine? Because you see, light is a weapon against darkness. The Bible says the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness could not overpower the light. We are the children of the day. And of the light, we're not children of the darkness and of the night. So we must understand that this is our time to shine as, as wickedness advance across the earth. And if you look at the media and see what's going on, our leaders are gone totally bonkers. They're deluded. They're fools. They're satanic fools. They're given over to the devil. And we see these wicked, wicked, wicked leaders uh, adding fire, adding gasoline to the, to the fires of war. And they were saying, hey, come on, blame. And they're fighting war because they want murdered people, billions murdered. Those are the billionaires and the Satanists, including some of our leaders. And we must understand that there are certain rights that we as humans have, we as children of God have, and these rights are not given to us by government. They precede governmental authorities. Certain things that God has given us the right, the government cannot give you that right. We have God-given rights. That's why we have our Bible. That's why we ought to obey God and not man. We don't power to man and their authority. When the leading authorities in Jerusalem grabbed the disciples and beat them and told them, you cannot preach in the name of Jesus Christ, what did they tell them? They told them, we ought to, we ought to obey God and not man. And when they got together and they started praying, the Bible says where they prayed shook as if there was an earthquake there. God showed up and showed them, I'm with you. Don't worry about them. Don't worry about those jokers. And we can see in the Bible what God do with jokers. You kill them. We must understand that what God has blessed us with, the rights, our God-given rights, even the U.S. Constitution, tells us that we have the God-given right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Well, who do you think gives you that? That's given by God. That's not given by the government. I have a right to life. I should live and not die. And I will declare the works and the word of the Lord in the land of the living. Freedom I have. God give me freedom. And to pursue happiness. I'm not supposed to be sad and walking around. Uh, no, in whatever state I'm in, I've learned to be content. So let there be a hurricane. Let there be storms. I don't care. That's not going to upset me. I will not lose my joy over all the things that are happening in the world. My inner sphere, my mind, my peace, nothing can shake that. Because if you go to bed one night, now I go to bed one night, and the Lord says, come home. Hey, listen, I'm going to go home perfect. My inner man, my inner sphere, my spirit, my soul will be intact. Even so come Jesus, absent from body, present with the Lord. Why? Nothing fades me. I'm going to be joyful. Not just happy. Joyful. We seem... What the, uh, people today, they're losing it because the economy has gone bad. And when God allows the economy to go bad and things to happen, what do you think God is trying to do? God is trying to get their attention and say, hey, listen, turn around, buddy, look up. 
Look up. I'm trying to get your attention. Put your trust in me. Don't put your trust in the American dollar. Don't put your trust in gold and silver. Don't put your trust in uh, China and Russia. No. Put your trust in me, Jesus. I'll take care of you. That's the problem here we, we, we see going on today. People are trusting in man. Even the money is screaming out, in God we trust. What God? Cannot be Jesus. Must be another God. I was meditating today, and the Lord showed me something. And he gave me a scripture in Ecclesiastes 12, and he told me, he says, what has been is now, and what is, what is now shall be in the future. In other words, history repeats itself. And I was going back to the time when I was in high school, and we were doing a study of the Great Depression, and I had to write a report about the Great Depression in the 20s and the 30s, 1929, when the stock market crashed in America. And they run up from the 20s. They call it the Roaring 20s. That's when everybody who had free money, plenty of money was going. They were drinking. They were dancing. The automobile was uh, just come out, and everything went haywire. They call it the Roaring 20s. Just go and do a search. Maybe you go and you can see some movies of what happened. The speakeasies, the, 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 the places where they drank, and they did all manner of things in the 20s. They call it the Roaring 20s. They danced your head off till midnight. It was a change because a nation, which is a God-fearing nation, became a, a, a hellhole. Alcohol, drugs, everything started to bust loose, and the immoral lifestyle began to invade the country. The roaring twenties. And what did God do? God invaded the nation. What did he do? He gave them the terrible thirties, the depression. Stock market crashed in twenty nine. Thirty, thirty one, thirty two, thirty three. The depression, nothing moving. Thirty four, thirty five, all the way up to about nineteen thirty eight, then what? War came. When nothing, when nothing can work, when everything else fails, they take you to war. Learn the history of America. Learn the history of the nations. So the Roaring Twenties was an affront to God. What did God do? He came and he answered with the Terrible Thirties. And when he answered with the Terrible Thirties, all hell broke loose. And people had to go down. And there was tremendous suffering across the whole nation and across the whole world. And people looked for saviors. People looked for people to help them. They were looking for a superhero. <laughs> and there was a joke I heard recently. And the joke was when people looked for uh, a Superman. Superman, like he caught this lady, uh, fell off a tower. And he grabbed her and he called her and he says, I've got you, I've got you, don't worry. And the lady looked at Superman and says, all right, you got me, but who's got you? So you got me in your hands, and you, but who got you? Who's holding you? And the Lord began to speak to me. People are looking at the government. And the government is talking to me as if I got you, I got you. And people are saying, I got your back, I got your back. Put your faith in me, put your trust in me. And these are human people telling you these things. I got you. But you look at them and you respond even to the government, the president. Mr. President, you can tell me all the way you want to tell me, but who got you? Who got the United States? You're telling me the government got us and you're looking out, but who got you? If, if Jesus don't have you, you ain't got nothing, buddy. So don't believe that your might makes right, and don't believe that your might is all you need. You might have what you think is the country. You might do certain things, but who got you? Do you have Jesus? Does the nation Avow the knowledge of Jesus. Do we call on Jesus? Does our leaders in government 
talk about the Lord and pray and call upon him? Do they lead us in prayer? No, they don't. So who's got the nation? If it's not Jesus, then who is it? Well, I want to tell you, it must be the other fellow. You know the one down there? So make sure that you know who got you. You might have your family, your children. You might have your own house, your personal house. You might have everything under your control. Everything is going well. But who's got you? Who is keeping you? Make sure you know that Jesus is keeping you. Jesus has elevated his level of anger towards the wicked. I want you to know and know very carefully that Jesus, the Bible says God is angry with the wicked every single day. And the elevation of anger towards the wicked has gone up a notch or two. Reading about the things that are going on, we know that this month is Pride Month. Not only do we know that this month is Pride Month, but we know that there are Pride Parades all over the world. And I read something and I saw the reports of what they're doing to children. How they're giving them hormone blockers. And what they're doing to five-year-old children. Might pick up a little girl toy, a little boy pick up a girl toy. They say, uh-huh, he's transgender. And they look that child and they give him hormone blockers to block the little boy's hormones from making that little boy into a man. And block the little girl's hormones from making that little girl grow up to be a woman. That's God intended. These are the things that when I look at it, how they are preying upon our children. How they are doing uh, drag time, story hour, in the libraries and in the schools and even some churches. Drag queens, story hour, where they have men dressed up as women, drag queens. And they go and they entertain little children and tell them it is okay to be gay. Pervert, corrupt the mind of our little children. Do you think God is pleased with us? As a nation, do you think God is pleased with that? These are the things that we are faced with. And the Bible tells us that God is angry with wickedness and with the wicked every single day. And I want to make sure I go on the record and tell you my stand and my position. I am not in, complicit, in complicity with all this wickedness that's going on. I talked to you about Job while he was living in Sodom and Gomorrah. And what he heard and what he saw, how it vexed, the Bible says, Second Peter 2, that righteous man's soul. He was vexed. He was angry at what he saw and what he heard. He lived there. And you know, I, 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 I probably say, well, why didn't Job get out of Sodom and Gomorrah? And then, uh, the Lord spoke to me and he says, many people where they live, they can't get out. I live in Miami. Why don't you get out of Miami? Why don't you go? So where am I going to go? God did not give me mandate to move. At the right time, he's going to give me a mandate and say, get up and go to this place. But he is alerting me that one day, very soon, he's going to tell me go. And he's going to tell people, get up and go, because it's in the word. But Job didn't go, go uh, anywhere. Job was just a vexed man, hearing and living among the people, seeing what they did, hearing what they did, and seeing how they operate. He was vexed. It grieved him, the wickedness and the evil. Grieved that righteous man. And I asked the question I said today, are you grieved about the wickedness and the evil that you see going on in the world today? Are you grieved about all this wickedness and evil that is going on? Does it grieve you? If it's not grieving you when you read and you see what's going on, the culture and the rottenness, the sewer, the filth, the stench of this culture, then you've got to check yourself again. I'm just on South Beach. When I see and what I see grieves me. 
And, 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 and we must understand that this wickedness, God wants us to do something about it. Does he want you to go on anybody's face, slap him upside the head? No. God wants us to know and understand that he gave humanity. Job 28, 28, this is what he says to all humanity. The fear of the Lord is true wisdom, and to forsake evil is real understanding. Well, not everybody has true wisdom. Because not everybody fears or reverences or acknowledges the Lord. King James says it this way. The beginning of wisdom is the fear, the acknowledging of Jesus, the reverencing of Jesus Christ. So a lot of people do not reverence God. So there is no wisdom. They have no fear of God. So many people, multitudes of people, a great majority of people, are not wise. And then what about other people from other religions? halfway around the world, or even here close to you. They lack wisdom. They lack the true wisdom. The fear of the Lord is true wisdom, the word of God. To forsake, abandon evil is real understanding. Many people do not have wisdom, and they don't have any, any understanding either. Because they do not forsake evil. You look at many people, they go to the palm reader, they go to the Santeria priest, the voodoo priest, and they have stuff done. Why? Because everybody wants an edge in the, in the, in the spirit realm, the spirit domain. The pie is getting smaller. As the pie gets smaller, that means people's share of the pie gets smaller. People are losing their job. So what do people do? They figure, I need an, an edge. I need a help. So they go to the witch doctor. They go down into Egypt looking for help. That's what the Bible says. And this is what they believe. And there's always a friend who will take them to, to do something of that nature. People turn to the occult. People turn to witchcraft. People turn to sorcery. Children, young people are turning because they think it's cute. They think, well, I'm going to live my way and do what I want. And I want to make people come and they're going to do what I tell them or what I compel them to do. So they don't forsake or abandon evil. They lock on to evil. They're enticed by evil. Because Satan tells them, you can have power. Well, they don't have any understanding. They don't understand what you sow, you're going to reap. They don't understand that it's going to backfire on them. They don't understand that rain of fire and terror is going to come down on them, burning sulfur, because this is where we come in. We're going to rain that terror and fire and burning sulfur down upon them. Because that's what's what we are called to do. Job chapter 40. Again, God asked Job, are you as strong as I am? Can your voice thunder as loud as mine? Now, why would God ask him that? Because he's about to teach him something. He's about to show him something. And God looks at him, and God is going to give him a lesson. I made mention of the fact that the book of Job, if not the oldest book in the Bible, is one of the oldest book in the Bible. Two books, are five books plus the book of Job, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, all written by Moses. First five books of the Bible. They are supposed to be the oldest. And before that time, there was the oral traditions where the scriptures was handed down orally. Well, Moses came and Moses was a palace boy. He was raised in Pharaoh's palace and he learned how to read and write. So learning how and knowing how to read and write, he wrote the first five books of the Bible. Genesis. Was he there? No, he wasn't. How did he get it? The oral traditions. He heard a man of old sit down and he wrote down everything that he heard. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. All written by one man, Moses. Job was written, uh, we believe by Job, just about the same time or maybe before. So God asked Job, says, can you thunder with as loud as mine? 
If so, if you can do, then stand up in your honor and pride. Stand up like a man if you think you can. And clothe yourself with majesty and glory. Why? Because I want you to be like me. You're standing down here on the earth in my place. I don't have feet and hands and mouth and voice down here on earth. I gave dominion to Adam. Adam sold it out to the devil. I cannot take back and come down here and do as I please. So anything I want to do down here, I have to do it through a human being, a man or a woman. I'm looking for somebody like you. And today, the Lord God is saying, I'm looking for a man. I'm looking for a woman who will speak for me and speak like me. How will we speak like God and speak for God? We're going to speak the exact words that he has given us. And that's what I'm doing tonight. This is what the Bible says. So he asked him, can, you, can your voice thunder as loud as mine? Then if so, stand up in your honor and pride. Clothe yourself with majesty and glory. Look at those who are proud. Look at them. Pour out your anger and humble them. How do you pour out your anger and humble them? Speak, declare the word of God. How do you know that? Go back to the question again. Verse 9. Are you as strong as I am? And can your voice thunder as loud as mine? So this is what God wants us to do. He wants us to have a voice like his. Look at those who are proud. Because God hates the proud. Because proud people are wicked people. Pour out your anger and humble them. That's what God told them to do. Direct your anger against the proud. And turn them upside down. Humble them. Bring them down. Turn your world upside down. Bring them to the ground. Yes, look at them and bring them down. Verse 12, look at them and what? Bring them down. That's what the Bible says here. Crush the wicked where they stand. You hear all that? That's what the Bible is saying. That's what God told him. Crush the wicked. Bring them down to the ground. Verse 13, bury them all in the ground. Bury them. Crush them. Bring them to the ground. Don't let them stand. Have you been doing that, by the way? No, you haven't. Have I been doing that? I started, but I slacked off a little bit. God brought the word back to me and said, start now again. Keep on. Don't stop. Because this is the time and this is the season where the wicked are manifesting themselves. Crush the wicked where they stand. Then verse 13, Job 40, he says, bury them all in the ground. Bury them. Bury them. Oh, my God. Well, this is the word of God, and that's what we are commanded to do. Bury them all in the ground. Job is dead, by the way. Long, long time. So you, the modern-day Job, bury them all in the ground. Bind them in this world of the dead. Tie them up in death. Oh. Now you're seeing the serious intentions of God against wickedness and wicked people, proud people. Hmm? Bury them in the ground. Bind them in the world of the dead. Tie them up down here. Crush the wicked way they stand. Look at them and bring them down. He hates wickedness. He's angry with the wicked and their, in their pride every single day. Well, let me ask the question. Are you angry with the wicked? Like father, like children. Are you angry with the wicked? Well, if you're not, then you need to be. Or you need to become. And the Bible says now, he goes on to say, then, after you've done all that, then I will be the first one to praise you, Job, and admit that you won the victory yourself. Can you imagine God 
looking at a person and saying, listen, I'll be the first one to praise you and admit you won the victory yourself. Not that you won it all by yourself, because, but you, you won it in the manner that I have prescribed for you. You didn't do it yourself because the battle is never yours, the battle is mine. But you have done your part, and then I have given you the victory. So here is God telling us, this is what you need to do, Norman. This is what you need to do, my children. You look at people, and you look at a world, and you're so nice, you couldn't match an ants. Hmm? Well, God is saying, no. You need to throw off that stuff because if you're not warring against the wicked, I guarantee you the wicked are warring against you. Some, uh, I taught you this from the first time, many years ago, somebody is going to die. Well, it's not going to be me. And I speak over you, it won't be you or your children either. The Bible says, I shall live and I shall not die. So when the wicked are coming to do evil and trying to terminate you and terminate your life, give you a premature death, not me. When they come to dig a pit and have you fall in that pit, not me. Dig one pit, not two, one. Dig it nice and deep and round. And when you dig it, guess what? I will not be falling in that pit. You will be. Because I know the word and I know what the commandment of God is. I know the strategy and the mandate that God has left us. He didn't leave us orphans. He didn't leave us uh, undefended. God gave us a full armor for us to put on. And he gave us the sword of the spirit for us to keep moving and keep chopping. Jesus said, trample. I give you power to trampling power. But if you're not trampling and you just stand there, and the serpents, and the scorpions, that you're supposed to be trampling, I will bite the stuffings out of you. And it won't be Jesus' fault. It'll be your fault. Not me. He said, trample on the serpents and the scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy, nothing shall by hurt, any means hurt you, Norman. Thank you, Jesus. He showed me how to do it. Hey, I'm going to do it every day. Why? Because if you stand still and you're not trampling, then the serpents and the scorpions will be biting. Just for a moment in the theater of your imagination. You're in a pit. And there are serpents in the pit. And there are scorpions in the pit. And you got your boots on. Have your feet shod with the gospel of the preparation of peace. And you're trampling. Boom, 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 boom. No serpent can bite you. Because your foot's moving up and down. You're moving too fast. No scorpion can climb up your boots to bite your leg. Because you're trampling. But if you stand still and you're not trampling, I guarantee you that serpent will slide up your leg and bite you. Poison you. I guarantee that the scorpion is going to climb up your boots and bite you and poison you because you were not trampling. You're not doing as the Lord said. He said no weapon fashioned against you is going to prosper. Every tongue that rises up against you in judgment, you have the responsibility to condemn. If you're not condemning, then they're condemning you. <clears throat> It is either you do the word or you suffer the consequences. It is simple as that. If you're not doing the word, then the consequences will be suffered by you. I can pray for you, but I'd rather teach you and show you. Because you see the gospel of Jesus Christ is a do-it-yourself gospel. And this is from my experience. When you're a little child, the Bible says, when you're a little child, you think as a child, you act like a child, you behave like a child, you do as a child. The Bible says as baby Christians, we must do what? Drink milk. Desire the sincere milk of the word that we may grow thereby or therewith. But Paul the Apostle admonished the disciples and said, hey, can't come a certain point in your life. You've got to grow up. 
stuff, this childish stuff. When you are supposed to be a spiritual heavyweight, you're still a lightweight. You're still drinking milk. When you should be eating meat. When you should be boxing and fighting. Not as one that beats the air. But fight knowing why you're fighting. Knowing how to deal with your enemy. When you're running, you don't run zigzag and waste your energy and waste your time. You're running a straight line. All the bosses, this is how you do it. You're not a child. You're a heavyweight. And this is how God was dealing with Job. Job went through a living hell. And when God was about to finish with him, God spoke to him and spoke in his spirit and said, oh, Now, Job, you've come out of all that stuff that you've been through, all that sickness. I'm going to restore you. I'm going to give you something. And when the devil comes to take it like it did before, it will not be like taking candy from a baby. He won't take your cattle and your livestock. He won't take your children. He can't touch you. He'll look at you, but he can't touch you. I'll deliver you out of six troubles, and when the seven trouble come, the devil cannot touch you. You hear what I'm telling you? This is the conversation he had with Job. This is the teachable moment he had with Job. And he taught him. And he told him what to do. After he had gone through all that sickness and lost everything. Skin worms all over his body. Lost his children. Lost his wealth. Everything. Lost respect. God says, I'm going to restore everything to you. But now, I'm going to restore you. Before I give you back what you're supposed to get, I'm going to give you a lesson in warfare. I'm going to teach you how to keep what I bless you with. I'm going to restore your health. But you've got to make sure that you know how to keep it. No sense God blessing you and giving you stuff, and then the devil comes and take it like candy from a baby. That's not God. And God made sure he told Job, this is how you do it. This is who your enemies are. This is what people ought to do. All humanity, the fear of the Lord is true wisdom. The f to forsake evil is real understanding. This is what God wants us to do. This is what God wants us to understand. And when God gave him his marching orders, after he went through all that hell, God assigned him a great assignment. And that assignment was given in Job, the 18th chapter. And I'm going to go through that. We're going to close out. It says, surely the light of the wicked will be snuffed out. Surely God is going to put out He's going to kill the wicked. The sparks of their fire will not glow. He's going to work against the wicked. And God is telling me every bit of his word. Don't look at people like that because they have money. God says, I'm going to turn around for them. And when we declare the word of God, God says, I'll double do it. Because as we declare the word of God, God says, I watch over my word to do it. And when I release this word, every wicked man, billionaire, you better believe they're coming down, brother. I'm telling you right now, because this is the word the Lord gave me. Surely the light of the wicked will be snuffed out. The sparks of their fire will not glow. Light in their tent will grow dark. The lamp hanging above them will be quenched or put out. The confident stride of the wicked will be shortened. God is working against the wicked. He is bringing terror upon the wicked. He is bringing them to understand that all of your wickedness and your evil, I am going to fight you. Didn't the Bible say something about the, pride, the proud? Huh? Pride goes before destruction, haughty spirit before a fall. Didn't the Bible also say uh, God resisted the proud, but he gives favor, he gives grace to those who humble themselves? 
But when the proud man comes, and God says he's going to come against him like the wind against him. He's going to resist him. Hmm? He's going to fight against them. He is angry with the wicked every single day. The wicked people are watching righteous people like you and me and seeking to kill us. They don't want just to harm you. They want to kill you. Then this is what the word says. Then he goes on, he says, their own schemes, their own trickeries, their own deceits and deception will be their downfall. The, will, the wicked will walk into a net. They will fall into a pit. A trap will grab them by the heel. And a snare, a trap will hold them tight. Uh, this is what God says. And God is going to make sure that he gets the job done. Don't look at the man with billions of dollars and uh, a millionaire bragging and boasting. No. It's only for a season because God is moving and working against them. The Bible goes on, it says, A noose lies hidden on the ground. A rope is stretched across his path. As he goes, he's going to get tripped up. And as I release this word, mighty angels of God are going out right now. And you don't have to worry about who is wicked and which one is. God doesn't have to know. I say which one is wicked and which is righteous. No, he knows them all. But he is moving right now with mighty angels to trip up the wicked and do exactly as this word says. Because we have released the word. Terrors surround the wicked. Trouble him at every step. Isn't that what we want? We want the terrorizers, those who terrorize us, to be struck with terror. God will terrorize our terrorists. Those who come to become a terrorist to us, God will terrorize them. He'll put the shoe on the other foot. He'll turn it around. Those who think they're so big and so bad and so mighty, God says, I'll cut you down like a little boy. Hmm? Poetic justice. I'll turn it around for my children. Isn't that what he did with Goliath? The bragging, boasting, boastful man. God used a young boy to cut him down and chop his head off. God is saying, I'm going to cut down every Goliath. How do we cut them down? The word of the living God. Terror. Surround the wicked. Trouble them at every step. That's why you need not be afraid of the wicked. Who's backing you up with all this word? The Lord God Almighty. Why are you afraid? Don't go in a person's face and tell them this. No, get in your prayer closet and boldly declare the word. And let God take care of the wicked people. Your prayers will reach into presidential offices. Prime Minister's offices, billionaires' mansions, and cut them down. Yes, little old you, living where you live in your humble little apartment or your humble little place. This is what the Lord has in store for you, warriors. Our faith is not in man and the things of man. Our faith is in the word of the living God, which is the Lord himself. Hunger depletes their strength. Calamity waits for them to stumble. Disease eats their skin. And death devours their limbs. Not because a man eats a good meal and an expensive meal every day. That does not mean that he is going to be strong and healthy and, 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 and well nourished. No. You can have a great meal every day and still be anemic. You can have all the money in the world, but you can't eat good food. You eat junk. Why? Because you don't have anything for the Lord. You will not acknowledge him. You won't honor him. This is what God is saying about the wicked. And we release these words with joy. I love the scripture. And when I release them, I love when I release because I know I'm connecting. As Paul the Apostle says, it says, when I war, I do not 
fight and beat the air. Calamity awaits for them to stumble. Disease eats their skin. Death devours their limbs. Oh my God, I love that. I don't love that for you and you and you and the righteous, but I love it for the wicked. Why? They're looking at you and me and want to kill us. Somebody going to die, but it ain't going to be me. Again, we shall live and not die. Our children, our grandchildren going to live and not die. But the wicked, they'll die and not live. The wicked in high places, the billionaires, president, prime ministers, billionaire, they will die. Coming down. Learn not to brag. Learn not to boast. For grief comes to those that brag and boast the most. Have nothing for Jesus. You're coming down. We're going to cut you down. Why? Because you're looking to cut me down. Now you ain't going to cut me down. It's the attitude of a warrior. You surround me like bees. In the name of the Lord, I'm going to destroy you. You will not destroy me. I don't care how many you are. They surrounded me like bees, but in the name of the Lord, I will destroy them. He goes on in the scripture, they are torn from the security of their homes. And they are brought down to the king of terrors. You understand what that means? They are ripped from their, their luxurious mansions and all their luxury. And they are brought down to hell to the king of terrors. Who's that? That's Satan. Death overcomes them. The homes of the wicked will burn down. Burning sulfur rains on their houses. And their branches will wither. What? Burning sulfur rains on their houses. Why burning sulfur? Because the wicked, God says, upon the wicked, Psalm 11, verse 6, upon the wicked I will rain down snares, fire, burning sulfur, brimstone, and the horrible fury, tempest of God, the anger, the wrath of God will be poured out upon the wicked. You think it's only one scripture that talks about the wicked and what God's going to do? No! You've got to get serious with God because he is angry with the wicked every single day. So am I. And so should you be also. So burning sulfur rains down on their houses and on their branches will wither. All memory of their existence will fade from the earth. No one will remember their names. They will be thrust from light into darkness and driven from the world. Mm -hmm. They will have neither children nor grandchildren, nor any survivor in the place where they lived. People in the West are appalled at their fate. People in the East are horrified. They will say, this was, this was, past tense, the home of a wicked person. The place of one who rejected God. They rejected Jesus. Could have embraced him, but rejected him. Hmm? The word of God, if you study the word, is very clear. And it doesn't matter how people don't like the word. Or they say, oh, well, this, this, that, and that. No, no, no. It's what the word says. We don't debate the word. We declare the word. Job 20 goes on to say, he had swallowed down riches, and he shall vomit them up again. God shall cast them out of his belly. And the World Economic Forum, all those billionaires meet. I love to see them, every one of them in their private jets, you know, 1,500 people meet. You've got about maybe a 1,000 private jets all coming in and going out, coming in and going out. Huh? Then they talk about uh, carbon emissions. And when they talk about carbon emissions, they worry about you and your little jalopy going to and from work. Just make your little money so you can pay your bills and feed your family, put bread on the table. 
keep a roof over your head. Huh? And they worry about you when you're driving your car. And yet they fly around a private jet. Burning all that kerosene or jet fuel. And polluting the air. And the amount of pollution that they pollute the air with one trip from uh, Europe to America. Is what your car would do in uh, maybe four or five years in polluting the air. One trip. In that private jet. This is where they come, and they always seem to want to talk about you and the people who are there. Because they think they're, because they're rich, they rule over the poor, by the way, the poor masses. But they think that you're higher than everybody else. You don't count. Well, this is where you're fighting wicked people. Wicked rich that rules the poor, and they want to maintain the status quo of their dominion and rulership, and they'll do anything to do that. Do you understand what I'm telling you? That's why you're going to fight. Do you know where they live so you can go there and... No, we don't need to do that. Plus, they got bodyguards, armed bodyguards. Want to take away your guns? But they got their bodyguards with their guns. You see, there's a double standard. One standard for them and one for you. Rich rules over the poor. Borrower becomes a slave to the lender. That's what the Bible says. Your problem is the rich. You're Nazis. You're authoritarians, autocratic authoritarians, racist and prejudiced. Believe they're better than everybody else. That's what a Nazi is. This is what the rich are. They hate poor people. They don't like you. Klaus Schwab, the head of the World Economic Forum, man, he's 83 years old. Oh, you know what? God's going to kill him. Why? We're releasing this word. Call his name too, Klaus Schwab. Don't tell me. The Bible says in Ezekiel, the 11th chapter, God showed Ezekiel 25 men, the leaders of Jerusalem, and say, hey, Jezaniah, Pelatiah, two leaders of the rebellion, two of the ringleaders out of the 25. These 25 men cause murder and bloodshed in Jerusalem. Prophesy against them. Don't pray for them. Prophesy, declare my word against them. When Ezekiel began to prophesy, what did God do? God killed Pelatiah. He wasted him. Drop dead. Boom. That's what the scripture is all about, precious ones. You declare this scripture here. You prophesy against the wicked. Leave the killing to Jesus. Anybody you want to kill, he'll kill him. It might not be here in your town, in your nation. It might be halfway around the world. But leave it alone to him. He will kill who he will kill and keep alive who he will keep alive. So I want to encourage you tonight, don't get sentimental and hung up about certain things. Don't listen to what people are telling you and they don't bring you the word. Even preachers will preach and tell you what they think and postulate. Let people bring you the word and see the word from God's perspective. You see, warfare is something that's not for everybody because people are pacifists. Time for turning the other cheek. Jesus was a nonviolent person. People tell you you shouldn't kill. Thou shalt not do any murder. That's what that means. Doesn't mean you shouldn't allow somebody to come and kill you. Defend yourself. Let's get the right handle on the scripture. And make sure you know that you must be in warfare. Don't, don't go grab a gun and go kill anybody. But get down on your knees and begin to declare the scripture and let the righteous judge of all the earth, when you step into his throne room, the courts of heaven, and you say, Jesus, my brother, uh-huh, and my friend, this is what it is, and you declare his word, if he don't have somebody on the he'll find somebody that he says, you know, this one here over in some part of Africa or Asia, Egypt, wherever. 
This one has been messing with my children for too long. And he's planning on doing something to harm my children. I'm going to kill him. And he kill him. Take him right out. We shall live and not die. The wicked shall die and not live. And I do my scripture with glee and great delight. Because I know that when I declare this word, God is acting upon this word. Somebody going to come down tonight across the nation of the world. And it can't happen too quick. Because if it's not them, it's going to be a Christian. It's going to be a Christian somewhere. And I'm fighting for the Christians. When I stand before Jesus, I want him to show me and say, Norman, when you pray, pray the scripture, look at what happened. When you released the word, when you quoted this word, when you declared this word, look at what I did. Here, 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 there, there, there. And I want the Lord to show me all of what he did when I declared the word. All this was done upon the declaration of the word. I prayed without ceasing. God sent angels and God delivered his people like he did with Peter. Oh, hallelujah. And this is what the church of Jesus Christ is called upon to do. Stop praying and begging God. Declare the word of God to God as he taught us. The book of Job right here. Declare, act like a man, stand up like a man. Deck yourself with majesty and begin to thunder with a voice like mine. Declare my words. Why? Because you stand down here in full authority, in dominion authority, on my behalf. So when you prophesy, son of man, I'll do it. That's what he did with Ezekiel. Prophesy, son of man, prophesy. And he told him what to prophesy. And when Ezekiel prophesied what God told him, God did it. Well, we have the word of God. Let's prophesy the word of God. You don't need anything else. You have the word. Prophesy the word. And let God do what he got to do. Stop being nice because somebody going to die, but it ain't going to be me. And I sure do pray that it ain't going to be you and your family, your children, your little ones. So let's get to war. Code 7 warfare. I teach you all this. Bible Code 7. I want you to have a full understanding. Because it's time for the church to get out of that wimp state. Get out of that victimhood state. And get into warrior state. And this is my assignment to teach you this. I spent tremendous hours writing. And I take my responsibility, my assignment, very, very seriously. I might be on the road somewhere like I am right now. I'm on South Beach. But I make sure that when I, at the appointed time, I make pull over, do what I got to do, prepare myself, and deliver what God would have me to deliver. Because this is my assignment. I am serious about it. And I want you to be serious also. I want you to live and not die. I want you to look at the circumstances that are coming, that are here, and look at it and say, they, you surround me like these, but in the name of the Lord, I will destroy you. You will not destroy me. I'm going to live. I'm going to endure till Jesus returns. And when Jesus returns, I'll be caught up to meet him in the air. Why? Because I'll be alive and remaining faithful to Jesus when he comes. Go to BibleCode7.com. I want you to get a book or two or three, all, all four of them. Learn the strategy of Code 7 Warfare. Do it. Practice it. Just like we told you tonight. Make sure that you do it daily with an aggression. And when you do it, watch God begin to work in your life. Just like Job. God blessed the man. The devil came and took all of what he had like taking candy from a baby. And God equipped him. God prepared him and taught him and said, okay, Job, this is how you do it next go round. I'm going to restore you. The devil come at your end at a time. You let the devil know, no more. Cannot take candy from this baby here. I'm ready for you. 
Let all the devil's agents know you shall die and not live. Put a red line around yourself. Put a red line out there and tell the devil you can't cross over. Because you cannot cross over the word of God. This is what it's all about. May the Lord bless you tonight. May the Lord keep you. May he make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord God lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Now until he returns, have yourself a fabulous and outstanding night. God bless you. God bless you.